Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the top 10 of anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. In the dictionary, the definition of an anti-hero is a narrative protagonist who is defined by their own self-interest. The anti-hero often feels rejected by society and veers down a self-destructive path that results in isolation or death. Nice. Whether in comedy or drama, the TV anti-hero comes in many guises. Some have made us laugh, some made us cry, and some to even scream at the small screen. Here's our own hero of our own, our own hero, own, own, our own hero. (laughs) (laughs) Sneal with 10 TV anti-hero facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So, one of the most iconic images of Walter White Heisenberg from Breaking Bad is his hat. But this has only become a thing when Brian Cranston wore it to stop his newly shaved head from getting sunburnt. I drink and I know things. Actor James Gandolfini wanted to portray Tony Soprano with genuine anger and annoyance, so he would, in some scenes, insert a small stone into his shoe. This would cause just enough irritation for him to build upon when creating Tony's rage. And people say she's just a big pair of tits. Did you notice in The Wire that Omar Little never cussed? This was all part of his character and intentional. I'm Dexter, and I'm not sure what I am. Don Draper owes a debt of gratitude to Ted Danson. Mad Men creator Matthew Weiner came up with the idea while writing Danson's sitcom Becca. Because the big bad is back. Jason Bateman, who plays Marty Bird in the show Ozark, was originally signed up to direct the entire first season. However, scheduling conflicts meant he only directed the first two and last two episodes. That was me, using magic to dry my clothes. Michael C. Hall wasn't interested in making another TV show when Dexter came along. Oh, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the spectrum. And the Mandalorian TV show cost a whopping 30 million per 30 minute episode. This is the way. Perfect timing. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny Powers, the series protagonist from East Bound and Down, is the name of a real life American stuntman who attempted to jump a portion of the St. Lawrence River in a rocket propelled Lincoln Continental. 
I am the one who knocks. And each one of Rick Sanchez's characteristic burps is a real burp. Oh, he'll be back, like the ship Terminator. And House is very much based on Arthur Conan Doyle's protagonist, Sherlock Holmes. House's apartment number is 221B, attributed to Sherlock Holmes' famous London address, 221B Baker Street. And then it's dysfunction this, and dysfunction that, and dysfunction my fungal. <laughs> is that your 10? That's it. Wonderful. So here we are. We're talking all things anti-heroes. Uh, so who better to have with us? Uh, than Stig from Modern Escapism. <laughs> Hello. How Hello. are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we're looking forward to this one. Um, first, um, first question I'm going to ask both of you, although I put what the definition of an anti-hero is in the introduction, Stig, what's your definition of a TV anti-hero? Um, somewhere in the middle ground, it's a bit grey, so whilst they have hero tendencies, they aren't squeaky clean. Um, so yeah, I'll touch on them with some of them I've picked, but yeah, they're, they're very much like they are presented as a hero, but they do bad things, but we love them for it, weirdly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Neil, yeah, pretty much the same. I was just looking at the, the sort of person, probably even a bad guy that does a hero thing as well. You know, it just you know, you're rooting for them, even though they're doing wrong, that's right, like that. Yeah, because the way I was looking at it also is you've got somebody that starts a particular series or TV program, either good or bad, and their arc makes them the opposite of where they started as well. Hmm. So some people that have got bad intentions finish off with good intentions and vice versa. So I, I've got a few that are, that are like that. But it's going to be interesting to see how many duplicates we get in this one. Mm. But it's gone down the same kind of route or whether whether not. Uh, before we do that, um, Stig, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, yeah, Modern Escapism. Uh, we've kind of become a bit of a network now, really, because we've expanded into three different podcasts between us. Uh, so Modern Escapism is just a bit of a pop culture, nerd culture show. We review pop culture news every week. Then we review things that we've been up to. So video games, TV, uh, film, books, whatever we've been up to. Then we have a bit of a fun feature uh, and... We also, since doing that, started a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, which is a player podcast. And one of our members as well has just started a little interview show. It's about 30 to 40 minutes. He asks the same 10 questions of the guests. And uh, they've been really good. Uh, I've got to listen to them behind the scenes before they've come out yet. So it's really interesting hearing uh, the varied answers you get from people. But yeah, What sort of guests do you have on that one? Uh, oh, just mainly other podcasters and friends and stuff on that one. Um, so, uh, yeah, you could guys go on if you'd like. I'm sure we'd be happy. <laughs> Why not? I mean, we're doing Absolutely. we're doing this at the moment. I mean, we're a little bit busy, but well, yeah, we'll, that'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll put the link in the show notes for the podcast. So everyone, please go and have a little listen to that. Right, let's get into the main meat of the of the show. So we'll start with you, Stig. What's your number ten? TV anti-hero? Uh, so my number 10 is Ragnar Lothbrok from Vikings. Oh, okay. right. Yeah, so this is a bit out. I, I kind of threw this one in last minute. It was teetering on there and I thought, Do you know what? No, I think he's a really good anti-hero because obviously he's based on a real-life Viking who was one of the first to explore a place like France and England. Um, but I think what makes him a good anti-hero is that 
he's a really complex character and he, and he clearly does hero things, but he's a Viking at the end of the day and we kind of know what Vikings do or did. You know, a lot of raiding, pillaging, killing and sacking of lands. But the show presents him as a hero. He's a hero for his people. He's worshipped by the people in Kataka. He's revered throughout Norway. That's how the show presents him to us. It does a very good job of he's leading armies into England and France. But the, the show does a very good job of showing other Vikings doing the bad stuff and never presenting right. him doing that. But at the centre of it, he's in charge. He's the man that's driving his people to go and do that. And I just think that he's a real great, like, like I said before, he's a character that you love to get behind and you love to see succeed because the French and the British, they're, they're seen as the bad guys in Vikings and, and Ragnar's the hero, but he isn't really. He's doing bad things to people, to innocent people in, mm. you know, for personal gain at the end of the day. Mm. To be fair, we said this during the the movie villain or the TV villain episode is that a good villain is somebody that, from their point of view, they're doing the right thing. They yeah. don't they don't think they're a villain with what they're doing. They what they they're doing what they believe in. See, the one thing with Vikings, I was I think I watched the first series and thought it was really good, and I don't understand why I never carried it on. How many series has there been now? I think there is six or seven. And now there's a spin-off one which is set about a hundred years down the line. Oh right, okay. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Show. Like the show does like a time jump, so you, you kind of his sons who are kids within I think season three. By the time season four, they're like grown adults, so it skips a lot. Yeah, it's a show I've never seen. Is it? Somebody told me it's really. I, I should watch it because I might enjoy it. It's quite brutal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a lot of really good. Um, Considering it came out around the same time of Game of Thrones, it was doing a lot until Game of Thrones got all the money. Mm. Um, it was doing better things with battle scenes and stuff like that. You actually got to see them and huge, yeah. you know, Viking wars happening. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I need to pick that back up. Because yeah. is that on Netflix? Is it Netflix that it was on? It was. I don't know if it is anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think it's on Prime now. Oh, yeah, it, it might be on Prime. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one to start off with. Go on then, Neil, you're number 10. So it's just a good old classic Buffy, and it's Spike from Buffy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, well, this is a real villain that turned into a semi-good guy, I suppose. Um, now, I rewatched Buffy in the lockdown. I didn't get through all of the series because there's a lot too much, but I did get quite a way in. And when I, when I first watched Buffy, I found Spike, I thought he was an appalling actor. <laughs> I always felt the English action was um, accent was really ropey, but watching it back now, I really sort of enjoyed it more. And it's very, very pantomime villain is what he is, um, and enjoy it. And I think he gets a lot of the best lines in the series. Um, not to say it, also to say he gets with Buffy herself. Um, are you a fan of Buffy, both of you? Oh yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I used to watch it because my wife was mad on Buffy, and then mm. obviously after that, Angel. Um, so I sort of watched it by proxy yeah. kind of thing. I was really <laughs> surprised how well it held up because obviously it was the 90s when it first came out, wasn't it? And I thought, you know, I didn't think it dated too bad. Apart from the first series, if you go back and watch it, it's very dark. It's hard to see some of the things, even with the new TVs and everything. It was very dark. But Spike, I think, was a great character. A great, 
you know, there was a great, we talked about arcs. That was a perfect example of him being the arc of being the real bad guy from series two through and then slowly becoming, well, the anti hero of the piece, mm. wasn't he? So, what happened to him? What happened to him at the end, Buffy? Didn't he go off to Angel? To the they, they moved the Lords from move back and forth, and I, I can't yeah. remember because I, I did similar to you. Um, several years ago, we started a rewatch, and for some reason, I think we just burnt out on it because we were, yeah, every, forget- every night it was like, hold oh, we'll up a couple of episodes, and then eventually we got to the latter series and we just kind of drifted off and never finished it again. But that was that was in the days episodes. that was in the days of like 22, 24 episodes a season, wasn't it? Where they, yeah. they don't do that anymore. No. They sort of, the Americans have followed the sort of British thing of six to maybe ten episodes in the season. Yeah, because we I think we've still got them all on on DVD up in the loft and they were like just big thick books of yeah DVDs they really are you, would get, and, yeah. you know they're a good 45 minute 50 minute episodes as well mm. yeah yeah but some great episodes out there and i would say anybody that's never watched it I would recommend delving in and seeing a bit of that especially you know i know we really shouldn't talk about it much but joss whedon when he was in his prime yeah doing great things yeah, yeah, and also one of the greatest musical episodes of TV oh, yeah. ever with that once more with feeling was just is some great phenomenal. songs. Yeah. Spike had Spike had one of the best songs in that as well. Uh, okay, my number ten is a comedy character um, that we've known throughout the ages and centuries. It's Edmund Blackadder. Oh, it's my uh, number nine. Yeah. Is that your number nine? Yeah. Okay, we've got a we've got a got one already. That's good. Um, yeah, mainly for the fact that, I mean, he's pretty much a shit all the way through. The, the, well, apart the, from the first series, though, isn't he? Well, no, he was more, an idiot in the first yeah. series, wasn't he? But he still Still-ups. wanted, he got to the point where he wanted power, didn't he? And he was mm. going to lie and be deceitful no matter what. So he was like that all the way through, even the Christmas special, where he mm. starts, there he starts off as a good person, but then realises being good is no good to anybody. So you <laughs> might as well just be a shit and be nasty to people and you get more out of it. So I think he's one of those classic characters that he didn't really have an arc, I don't think. I think he was just devious all through the centuries. He was. Of, of the different characters that he was. Different levels of stupidity, maybe. Mm. Uh, I think he became more cunning the older, you know, the, 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 as the series went on. Um, but I think he was just always looking out for himself, didn't care about anybody else. He just wanted to either get money for himself or power or position for mm. himself. So I think he's... But then you also root for him a little bit because he's very clever as well. He's wily like a fox. Well, he thinks he's clever. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, well, <laughs> I wouldn't say he's got the level of like Laurel and Hardy where they're both as thick as each other, but they both mm. think that they, well, I suppose Hardy thinks he's clever and Laurel just doesn't know what clever means. Well, he doesn't think, does he? <laughs> no, whereas, yeah, you're probably right in that Blackadder does think that he's the cleverest person in the room where he's mm. probably... Probably not most of the time. Um, Stig, what's your reason? Uh, very much the same, really. I just I always enjoyed how, um, despite the fact that he was a dick, uh, and he, there's just the glares of content for people, the put downs, the like. They often say things that went over people's heads, but us as an audience, it didn't go over our heads. So it was just mm. funny watching him be a dick. Um, but also at times there was a little bit of heart and sentiment in there as well like uh, and it just kind of got you kind of rooting for him as well even if he was like you said at the end of the day it's just a shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think, and I think that's one thing that British comedy characters—they all seem to have, or the good ones—always had that same trait that they're they're not perfect, they don't look perfect, they don't act perfect, but you sort of root for them. You, you yeah, know, you always root for—is it the anti-hero or the or the the person that's got got life against him, if you like? And uh, um, he always seemed to have that. Yeah, I think British shows have, have always been better at showing the flaws for people mm. and it, finding ways for you to connect to them more so than American shows where a lot of them are anti-heroes or heroes are seen as tough guys, can't let the guard down, mm. where British shows have... They find a way for you to connect to characters. Yeah. 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 And I thought I think it's also because like the, the British do like to wallow in our own self-pity <laughs> yeah. the fact that we're just so bad at stuff and we, we'll never amount to anything and um okay so your number nine is black adder steve yep. so neil on to your number nine then please so it's jack's teller from uh sons of anarchy now it took me a long time to watch sons of anarchy and i thoroughly enjoyed it when i did um and he's what, what we would say is you're always rooting for him but he's pretty of a ruthless git well he's a bastard isn't he oh shoot Has, are either of you watched this uh yes i've seen it all yeah, yeah. i i've not but i know all about it because again my wife and my daughters are massive fans of this so you yeah i I really enjoyed the series you know it's great and he's he has no qualms of shooting somebody if they piss him off or anything like that you know murder is just flippant in his world um and I just found him quite cool, to be honest. A great soundtrack. Always accompanied him wherever he went. Um, and, well, it made Charlie Hunnam a bigger star, didn't it? I mean, he wasn't really a star before. Um, I don't know what else really to say about him, that he's just the bastard that everybody loves, especially the ladies. Um, it's good. But also, Sons of Anarchy is the most bizarre show because it's extraordinarily violent, yet there was no the worst swear words that ever came out of their mouth is shit. And you can imagine in a situation where they're having a big shootout, where it's, you know, we're against whatever a rival gang or anything. I'm sure they wouldn't just be going, ah, shit, he nearly hit me. There'd be, there'd be a few more. Cuss that's words. Uh, just an American thing, isn't it? They mm. do. The violence is fine, but you can't swear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Neil, it's not, it's not a documentary. <laughs> Neil, it's it's not, no it's, no, but it's just okay. I just thought it's, just want to make sure. You well, yeah. You sure <laughs> it, about that? It's true though. Sometimes you just think you would you would just be expleting all over the place right now. Yeah, especially you? Yeah. you know your best friend's <laughs> just been beating the shit out of with a massive stick, and you're not saying you know there's no expletives coming out of your mouth. Yeah, you're not saying anything, and I just it's very noticeable in that series. You know, very noticeable, especially when it's supposed to be about like Hell's Angels type gang that's riding around on their motorbike. I'm sure they weren't just like, you know, oh, I say, grand <laughs> view out the side there. I think the uh, the loyalty part of his character as well is what mm. kind of draws you to him as well. It does. Rather than it just really being does. cool, like he's a very loyal person. Yeah. Mm. I think he's also somebody that has been, he's a good person that's been born into a violent world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he's yeah. sort of like, he has to act the way he, he doesn't want to shoot people, I'm pretty sure. But it's all that well, thing I'm about sure family. There's a few that he enjoys. I know, but yeah, but like the, the, <laughs> his his gang are his family, aren't they? So mm. not only you've got people that are going to be fighting against them, every family has people that turn against each other, or, you know, mm. you, all right, in a normal family, you wouldn't shoot them in the face, I suppose. But I mean, it depends what 
part of the country you come from, didn't it? I suppose. <laughs> <That's> right, <yeah. laughs> but you know, what I mean, it's not like he was. He didn't have any mm. say into being born into that life. No, um, and you can't really walk away from it. I suppose. I suppose. But, I, th- I think at the point of that, didn't didn't he try and walk away from it, and then realise that there was no, he couldn't do that, and then that's he sort of sacrificed. Spoilers, he sort of sacrificed himself at the end, didn't he? He's had no real way of, of getting, getting out. out. No, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he certainly did. It's a very very good scene actually. The end when he's trying to get away from it. It's very yes. good. And wasn't it? Um, Michael Chiklis that that played the lorry driver that that uh, mowed him down. I think if you find, oh, I don't. the I guy that, that the guy no, that the know. guy that did the series also did the shield. Yeah, and if you look, I'm pretty sure that the and again, this is massive spoilers for Sons of Anarchy <laughs> if you're planning on watching it. But the 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 lorry is being driven by Michael Chiklis. Yeah, all oh, right. I'm gonna have to have a, a little, have a little look, have a little look at that. Yeah. At all. I will didn't put know. that scene. In the video playlist for our Patreon supporters so that you can see. So there you go. Nice. Uh, my number nine, again, not all of my top ten are British uh, comedy characters, but it's David Brent. I think David Brent, I don't think he is the sort of person that you root for. Maybe a couple of times in the series. when, But I think everything that happens to him happens to him because it's what he wants. Even even the bad thing, he wants to be famous. Um, you laugh at him more than laugh with him. But there are a couple of times when you feel a little bit sorry when he gets um, when he gets sacked. Spoilers again. There'll be spoilers. We'll talk about shows, I'm oh, sure. Yeah, talk about say, loads. Yeah. Um, and I think that with someone like David Brent, comparable to Michael Scott, the American version of The Office, I think you fall in love with Michael Scott because he is just a silly doofus that loves his staff. Whereas David Brent would throw all of them under the bus if he could, because if it meant he got an extra little bit of screen time on this documentary that the BBC are making. So I think even so, even more so for the film, I don't know if have you guys seen Life no, on the Road. I've not, not managed to watch it yet for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. I've, I've, I like it. I don't like it as much as, as the TV series, but um, again, he gets another chance of fame. And he throws everything at it, money-wise and everything, but everybody else around him takes advantage of him and they don't really like him until the end. And the normal sort of Ricky Gervais thing where there's that little tinge of humanity and emotion mm. uh-huh. that um, he's sort of very good at doing that kind of little thing. There's only, normally a scene or two in each of his series that or films that, that does that kind of thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know if, what you guys think in regards to David Brent. Well, I mean, I've, I've famously, I'm not a huge fan of The Office, no. the American, uh, sorry, The English Office. Um, I just found David Brent too annoying to enjoy it, I have to say. I mean, I loved Ricky Gervais, but yeah, that one didn't do it for me. So I, I've only ever watched it once. Oh, right. Okay. All right. Stig? No, I agree. I, I, I love The Office. Um, I think I'm more partial to the US one as time yeah. went on. Yeah, I'm but, the same. Uh, yeah, I agree with uh, with what you said about David Brent, as um, there's, a, he's, there's an arrogance there, and he he obviously thinks he's better than everyone else, but he's a very very flawed man. Mm. Very flawed. I, I think everybody everybody that's worked in maybe like an environment that's got a lot of people knows a boss like that. I know I know I've had a couple of bosses in my time. When he says things, you think, my God, that's exactly 
like David Brent. You know, it, it can just reminds you of sort of people that you remember, middle management people that want to be one of the gang, but they can't be one of the gang. You know, it, it, yeah. I think everybody probably knows somebody like that. Yeah. Um, right then, Stig, your number eight, please. Uh, my number eight is Malcolm Tucker from The Thick of It. That's my number two. <laughs> That's uh, number two. Yeah, he is brilliant. Very sweary, very rude. A horrible man to everyone around him, but you can't help but love him for it. Um, I don't know what it is, but there is something really fun about just watching a man tear through people with the most every any insult, the most inventive insult you can think of, he he will come up with. Um, there's just times where he's literally made me spit out my drink. With he'll all of a sudden just come out with something, and, you, and it just it hits you out of nowhere. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. And I think one of the strongest things regarding his character is I never got the sense that you knew what political party they were in the Thanks. thick of it. Yeah, yeah. So you never knew whether he was either working for the Tories or Labour or any other government. It it kind of kept that ambiguous. And I think that really helped you endear to his character because there was never that thing in the back of your mind of, oh, I don't really like that, those politicians. Mm-hmm. So I don't really like him because he's, you know, if you're anti-Tory, it's like, I don't really like him because he's a Tory, that kind of thing. Um, but it's just the way he went about things. Like, horrendous. You could never ever work somewhere like that but just watching it as a tv show is just i think it's brilliant mm. yeah it is it was always when like you say when he went off on people mm. i think there was a scene when was it ollie um i can't remember exactly what it was but um the guy that was trying to trying to bully ollie all of a sudden um he came in and he started he put he, oh God, i can't remember who it was but malcolm tucker had him up against the wall and we're saying to him, you know, you know this and I know this. And if it gets out in the papers, then I know that you're the one that said it. And like, and Ollie is around the corner sort of going, <laughs> like, you know, the bullies bullying that bully. I did make a, 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 right. I'll be with you in two shakes of a crying baby. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, do you know 90% of household dust is made of dead human skin? That's what you are to me. Great one. <laughs> I've never seen anyone look so fucking ugly with just one head. Here's another great one. And if you're not a prostitute or a pizza boy, fuck off. Yeah, I love him. I love him. He's the guy that you want in your corner and you don't want to be staring in the eyes of like an angry Malcolm Tucker. Oh, yeah. I I just made a note from from my notes here just saying if you're in his targets, then RIP. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. He's he's violently eloquent is what I love about yeah, it. It's like everything and he and he has that confidence that it does, he's the he's the he is the smartest person in the room. He knows everything that's going on. So if someone tries to bullshit him, you know, look at the very first episode when he goes in to see that the head of whatever department it is and he's saying, no, we're right behind you. We're right behind the, the guy's going, oh, thank God. You know, I really thought I was in trouble. And he goes, well, yeah, well, that's why you got to go, isn't it? <laughs> what? So, well, yeah, that's why, you, you know, I've already got, you know, I've already spoken to the PM. There's your letter. You just need a resignation. You just need to sign it. So the guy thinks he's safe. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. That's a, that's a show that I'll have on repeat so many times. I have a confession to make. I completely forgot about it. <gasps> Mm. Neil, how can you forget no. about Malcolm Tucker? Well, exactly, exactly. I've, hang on, Malcolm, it, it, I... it's the lists, man. I'm, 
you know, there's so many. I'm sure yeah. you'll, you'll, you guys will mention one. I'll just think, oh, fuck. yeah, that's, that's the trouble. That's the trouble. To say, yeah. I'm really pissed off about that. I think I Malcolm has something to say about that. Oh, you'll be back. Like the shit Terminator. Yeah, you'll be back. <laughs> yeah. like the shit Terminator. Uh, yeah. Go on then, Neil. You're number eight. So it's Game of Thrones and it's Tyrion Lannister. Well, that's my number five. Is it really? It Peter is. Dinklage. Well, there you go. This is a prime example when you say TV anti-hero because there's not a lot to like about the little fella to begin with. And he works his way through to become... <laughs> Can you say that, the little fella? Can you say that, Neil? Will I have to edit that out? <laughs> I, didn't, I, I meant I didn't I forgot I didn't mean it like that but he is isn't he we can't, we can't deny facts can we okay. uh, have I put my foot in it yet again oh, fucking hell I mean it's normally like every five episodes Neil so you've done well you've done well it's fine it's fine but he he was wasn't he he was uh, the epitome of what we say an anti-hero is really if you watch the arc of him in there. But I just think Peter Dinklage made this character probably my favourite character in the whole series. There you go. Um, what yes. he was up to. Sorry, sir. I was going to say, yeah, he's, he's up there. Like... Yeah, um, definitely for me. I think Peter Dinklage made him so good, so watchable. He did it so well, being the shit to the to doing good and things like that. You know, he was the one that was involved in a family that were complete wankers and assholes that had a bit of humanity tucked away underneath him. And didn't we all just love it when he killed Charles Dance's his dad? I thought, yes, fucking on the shitter as well. Yes, on the shitter. The scene, the scene in the it's like a courtroom scene where he just goes off on him. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm. Like just amazing acting at that time. But yeah, just Tyrion's brilliant. And he always he was always always showed how clever he was compared to his brother and sister. Mm. They thought they knew better. It's like, oh well, well, you know, you're a you're a dwarf and, and we're fully grown and beautiful and everything, and you know nothing. And, and you just be like, No, I know everything. Like mm. that's, I mean, he says it, doesn't he? I drink and I know things. That's it. Yeah, and he, he picked his uh, he picked his news up from the whorehouses and everything, didn't he? So mm. he knew what was going on everywhere. Yeah, great character, and I w- I think Peter Dinklage is a fantastic actor, just generally, anyway. Yeah, he really yeah. is a good actor. Yeah, I mean, you could you could easily have had Jamie Lannister, but I think the way that his story finished, I was so disappointed mm. because everybody, I'm sure everybody thought that spoilers again that he was going to kill Cersei and that seemed like the natural thing yeah. for him to do so him to to not do that sort of like just lowered my expectation of him yeah. and lowered my my final thoughts about him but the Tyrion again he starts off as a selfish person that all he did was drink and fuck and that was it that was all he did and then sort of learned how to care about people yeah and that's where he was at the end. and then and then in the end I think he was the the key to Everything. The whole thing at the end, yeah. wasn't he? I mean, it was his decision to have. I mean, he chose the worst option for the thrill. Absolutely, he did. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, in, in fact, it's all his fault that it was a complete fuck up at the end. But there you go. You can't have everything, can you? Um, but yeah, so, yeah, so that was my number five. My number eight, um, well, it can only just be now a TV anti hero, and it is Loki from the show Loki. 
Well, that's my number seven. Oh, I say. Well, yeah. didn't even think about Loki. Yeah, I thought because yeah. I mean, obviously, he's it's the a good one. That he's the he's the god of mischief. Mm. Um, and now that there's the the Marvel TV series on Disney Plus, he's now a TV anti-hero. Well, I didn't think about it until they announced they're doing a second series, and then I thought, oh my god, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. I think he is. I mean, he is obviously mischievous all through the the, the mm-hmm. series, um, but again, his arc in it is where he is only out for himself to start with. He's causing as much mayhem as he can, um, but then he decides that he he's got things to fight for and he's got people that he wants to protect. And then, in fact, he's got like the whole universe that he's in to protect. Which mm-hmm. again, I probably won't go into too much detail on that because it is a show that is still sort of going on. So. Watch it. It's one of the best Marvel TV series, in my opinion. That's brilliant. Yeah. Owen Wilson is great in it. Yeah, it's a great t- series. But he is, he's like you say, Tom Hiddleston brings that real glint of being a, a shit behind yes. good. Yeah, he's, he's got that really great good. smile, that great mm. smile that has a lot of mischief behind it. And a charmer as well. Yeah. You can understand being charmed by the man. And he screen tested for Thor. Have you ever seen that screen test? No, I don't think I have. Have you never seen it? I, I know he did, but I just cannot imagine him as Thor. There's a screen all. test with him with sort of, his hair is like blonde and wavy and he's got a toy hammer and he's and he obviously hasn't got the muscles like Chris Hemsworth has, but he's there. Like, I think he's bare chested. I'll put that in the video playlist as well, but it's on it's on YouTube. Mm. And he, did, he did a whole screen test because he screen tested to, to be Thor originally, but obviously never got the part, but... Well, there you go. Yeah. Every day's a school day. Indeed. I'm coming out. I'm banging all the facts out today. Goodness me. Um, you got any more to say about it, Neil, Loki? Well, I pretty much concur what you say. I mean, there's not a lot else you can say. You don't want to go into the spoiler realms because, like you say, it's an ongoing plot thing and people might not have caught up yet Yeah, with this one, especially being so new. But, yeah, I just think the character is wonderful. From the movies, you know, he doesn't change into the TV series. It's great to see all other kinds. I am going to say this. There's loads of different Lokis. I'm not going to say how, where, and why. And it's great to see all of them in it. And it's just the mischievousness of him. Mm. Loved it in the films, love it in the TV series, and it's there for you to indulge yourself in and enjoy if you've not seen it. Indeed. Uh, Thoughts, Sting? Yeah, I agree. I, I love uh, Loki. Uh, we actually did a, a, load, a spoiler series on it for our podcast as well. Like we liked it so much. Um, you just I could sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Completely agree with everything you said. Really, I just and I also do like as well with um, how it sets up and progresses his arc because the Loki at the start of the show isn't the one that we knew at the end of. Ragnarok, no, that's right. Start of Infinity mm. War, yeah, and it's really good to see that arc from that 2012 Loki and into where he is now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay then. And, and uh, he's had the best line in any arc as well. The mewling quim. I think. It's oh just yes, a fantastic <laughs> line. That was so... that thing. I'm sure I wasn't the only one at the cinema. Like turning to my wife, going, "Did he just say what I thought he said?" He yeah. Said, yeah, yeah. He have said that. We'll have to wait for our host and that. Our oodles on our D and D podcast because he plays a little halfling. He's a proper little bastard, and he he had to throw that line in once when we were doing a battle. <laughs> oh right, yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, okay, so that was my number eight. So Stig, your number seven, then please. My number seven is Billy Butcher from the Boys. Oh, that's my number three. I yeah. love Billy Butcher. He's uh what's not to love about him even the accent i've kind of 
become endeared to. Um, yeah. But he is, he's just not a bastard, but he's our bastard, if that makes sense. Yeah. He's doing it for the greater good. <laughs> he is. And that's what I love about him. I know that, yeah, behind so much bravado, mean exterior, the put downs and the excessive use of the C word. Um, at the end of the day, he's trying to take down a bunch of fascists. Mm. And how can you not get behind someone that's trying to take down fascists? Because that's what Vought and Homelander are. You know, be, out from the outside, everyone else sees them as this kind of fake, kind of red, white, and blue smile. You know, we love, yeah, we love you. We love America. We love the world, but they're not. And Billy Butcher knows this and he's trying to take them down. And I am with him on that journey to take them down. And I think he's just an amazing character. And he comes out with some beautiful one-liners. Yeah. And the way he takes some of the people out is just fantastic, I think. But also in series three, and I'm not going to spoil because this is a new series, on um, series three, but I will say it's fantastic to find a, a little bit of backstory on him. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'll say. You sort of get to understand a little bit more of why he is what he is. But I am going to say the c word. I think that man delivers the word "cunt" better than anybody else. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he really He's does. Brilliant at it. He really is. I mean, I know it's every other word, but. <laughs> Yeah, he's the man you want in your corner if you want to tell somebody off. Yeah. Mm. Even like when he says it to his lad in season mm. two, she's like, don't be a cunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I have fallen in love with this series. I, uh, to me, it's I think it's a fantastic series. Yes. It really is. It's season probably... three really uh, went the ante, there. didn't it? Yeah, really <laughs> did, yeah. You see things that I thought I'd never see in my life, let's put it that way. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, my and wife's it, a massive fan of this, mm. and I don't know why I've never. This is, this surprises me. Paul. I know because because be the right bits I've seen alley. the bits I've seen of it. I mean, sort of literally up an alley. It's one of the scenes yeah. I saw. It wasn't the alley. It was up. It was something up. But yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Some of the stuff that's on there, mm. and um, I I really feel like I need to. The trouble is, you'll find this with a lot of the lot of my. Again, my TV watching is the same as my music listening and my film watching is that there are so many classic things that I've never mm. watched and never listened to. And it'll go with the TV shows as well. And I think it's quicker, It's down to that being a lazy watcher again. And the fact that especially a lot of the older shows, again, were 22, 24 episodes and there's six or seven seasons, maybe 10 seasons. There's a lot of stuff to get in. Mm. I'll just go onto YouTube and watch Man of Recaps and get the season in like three minutes and then sort of try and go from there, really. Mm, but this is where I found the boys so refreshing. It, you know, you've only got your 10 episodes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, but it sort of changed it. And it was just the, I mean, it's almost comic book violence, but it's ultra violence as well yeah, at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. It's 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 gruesome, but it's not squeamishly gruesome. Well, I don't know. Some of the bits I saw were pretty. Yeah, but I'm not turning away. You know, when you watch some horror films and that, I think isn't that because you get desensitized to it now? With the with when we're in the Uh, living in the world of The Walking Dead, where people are slicing someone's head off. Yeah, but I don't know what it is about the boys. I just find it. Yeah, I can be a little bit squeamish, but on the boys, I've managed to cope all the way through it. And the other series I found the same was True Blood. That was very right. gory, but I managed to cope with that. But yeah, I watch a film like Irreversible and you see a man getting his head smashed in with a fire extinguisher and I literally had to turn away. 
and I'm a hardened horror fan and that sort of thing. And but that one, yeah, I find it almost comic book violence. Well, it is comic book, yeah. isn't it? It doesn't seem real. I think that's the, mm. the, the thing with the violence is that because it is from a comic book, it's, it's yeah. a bit over the top and outlandish. Where, like you said, if you're watching a horror and you see someone get like a pencil shoved into their ankle, that's going to make you more squeamish than yeah, exactly. Because you think the, it can really happen. Yeah, isn't it, I suppose. But also, I would highly recommend once you've, if you've not seen them, is the little animated shorts. It's almost um, their version of like Love, Death, and Robots. It's the boys have done one, and they're really good. Have you seen oh, right. those? Dick? I've not seen them once. No, like five minutes, ten minutes long. They're really. Oh good, but... right, I thought you meant like a little pair of animated shorts. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They've just got five minutes. <laughs> the boys of written shorts. on them. Yeah. The boys. <laughs> Look at the boys. <laughs> um, okay, Neil, so you said number seven, Loki. I did. Uh, my number seven is from the US office, and it's Dwight Schrute. Oh, I didn't even think about him. I mean, because he is, he is the villain of the show, but he's also got a heart to oh, him. For sure he's got a heart. Especially with the fact that, obviously, he idolises Michael Scott, but mm. he's got a friendship with Jim that he'll, he would never admit, never admit to. But there are times when he does let his guard down a little bit. Only yeah. tiny little moments, and especially like at the end of the series as well. But there are times when he drops his guard down, and I feel it's that sort of thing where he needs Jim just to be able to to, to ground himself. Because some, sometimes some things he gets up to are just ridiculous, which is obviously what you need in a, a comedy show. And his character can be a little bit ridiculous and over the top. But they're, they're just little slices of humanity in Dwight Schrute's life, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, but not on the beat farm. Not on the beat farm, <laughs> no. No, or the, or the bed and breakfast um, yeah. <laughs> as of the beat farm. Um, I don't know. I mean, like you said, Stig, you were a, a fan more of the US office. Uh, what's your thoughts on Dwight? Dwight's brilliant. Um, I never even thought about him for anti-hero, really. Because um, I just, yeah, I've just never really seen him as a hero or a villain. I guess kind of that makes sense. But um, yeah, I just I just think he's hilarious. I just love his over the top like approach to stuff like safety and mm. and how serious he's about everything being down the, straight down the middle. And it's just, and the, like I say, his friendship with Jim is and the 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 way they bounce off each other is just fantastic. Mm. You have Do to you look can... at it. I was going to say look at the point when. Um, oh, I can't remember what Pam's boyfriend, what was his name? I don't know. But when, when he gets sacked because he attacks Jim, he comes back to the office. Well, I think it's actually when he he goes to try and attack Jim. Dwight's the first one up there, but he has like a, a you know some kind of nunchucks or something under the desk, ready to attack to sort of protect Jim. And that's sort of, in, in those moments where he has to think without mm -hmm. thinking if you like that's when you see his heroic moments or if somebody had a go at angela he'd be there to protect her straight away so he, although he's very selfish in himself like has to be top salesman all that kind of stuff when the shit hits the fan he will be the first person mm -hmm. that will stand in front of somebody to make sure they don't get hurt very loyal very loyal yeah sometimes to his own detriment and sometimes misguided if you like because um, sometimes Michael doesn't feel the same kind of um, mm. lo loyalty to him, but I just think as a, as a character, he has—he doesn't necessarily have arcs. He just has little slivers of humanity, yeah. showing that he isn't the sort of guy that everybody thinks he is. Yeah, 
Yeah. But then there's also well, you see that you see the heart. You see he's got he's not totally soulless. Is that the episode where he's sat in his car crying to REM everybody hurts? Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. and the, the wailing in the farm when they stay at the farm. You you know he's got a heart and he gets hurt. So yeah, Jim talks to him in the stairwell as well. That's right. And then um he leaves and he still thinks that um, Dwight still thinks he's there and he sort of turns to go and put his hand on his shoulder and obviously he's not there. So so there's little moments of weakness mm. that not very many people see. But but yeah, I thought that was my my number seven. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Seven. So Stig, your number six, please. Uh, my number six is Jack Bauer. That is my number six. Have uh, Actually... I thought he was just more of a down, plain right hero. I didn't think he was an anti-hero. I have to admit. So, oh, he has uh, to be. But see, the reason I see him as an anti-hero is because while he is awesome in saving the day, like literally the day, yeah. um, he isn't a white knight. It, like His personal philosophy is he'll do whatever it takes to, to protect the greatest number of people. If he has to kill, maim, torture... Um, defy political um, big wigs, defy his bosses, defy anyone above him to get the job done when he knows that he's in the right, he'll do that. Uh, he will that go beyond true. what a hero should do to make sure that at the end of the day that the terrorists don't win. And that's kind of why, why I put him in there. Um, but he is one of the kind of first heroes slash anti-heroes that I really got into. Um because I watched 24, didn't watch the first series, and then everyone was talking about how good it was, and I watched from series two. Um, so I've kind of been there 
and I went back and watched series one straight away. So I've been there near enough from the beginning, from when it first started. And he was like one of the first big ones for me on TV. Yeah. It's what I call the original binge watch series, wasn't it? It yes. was. What started it all off. And um, Kiefer Sutherland was fantastic. But like you said, it's it, some of his means are so questionable. He can't be an all-out-and-out out hero. You know, to get the answers or the results that he wants, you know, the fact that he doesn't give a shit if he has to torture somebody, albeit could it be the right or wrong person, he doesn't care. He's just going to do it to get the answers he wants. And that's, that what's, that's what makes him... Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's an episode where he just I'm I'm trying to rack my brains up I'm pretty sure he literally just shoots somebody to show like to straight away without even like Mm. questioning him it's just like just shoots them so they know straight away means business yeah yeah I remember that he killed his boss didn't he yeah his boss Mm. was like uh, on his knees in front of him and and like the terrorist said look you either shoot him or we do something. Oh, that was brutal. And, he, yeah. and he's, yeah, he's just, I mean, yes, yeah, gets, gets the, uh, the, the silent clock. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing was, it was like, yeah, the end of the first series, the, the sort of twist in the end of the first series. And that was brutal. Absolutely mm. brutal. But myself and my wife, we, I think we watched the first two or three episodes and it got obviously at the end. It's like, it's done in real time, but then we decided we're not going to watch it. We're just going to buy the, the the videos because then we can watch as many as we want and yeah, it was before it was... like netflix and stuff like that so we just had to wait until they all came out on video the internet wasn't really a thing so we didn't have to worry about spoilers as such so that's how we that's how we watched 24 we just bought the box set and then just watched them like in a weekend same I, as me yeah same i went and bought the box set when i was drunk when i was about 18 and I was in Tesco and where, we, where I live used to be 24 hours and one day I was just like oh there's 24 season one to three box set just went and bought it at like two o'clock in the morning yeah that's the best time <laughs> so, to buy stuff yeah. <laughs> 80 pounds back then as well Jeez. I know yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy but I, it was a great I think didn't they they brought it back didn't they but it just it didn't have yeah, it didn't, it Sutherland, wasn't, but it just didn't it was only 12 um, episodes episodes as well and it How just didn't it? just didn't Work. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. it was a definitely a thing of its time as well because, like, mobile phones weren't particularly what. No, they're not what they are now. Mm. Um, it always made me laugh though because Jack Bauer always used to ask people to trust him. He would just say, "Trust me, just trust me on this." And like, it'd be like these real, like, important people, and he's saying, "I need to run down the street in my underpants with some pink custard. Just trust me. Just try <laughs> and then go. Okay, Jack. All right. That's another show as well. Like Neil had said earlier about." how all this stuff's going on. He never swore. He only ever said, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Never swore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just found out that his wife and child have been kidnapped and everything. And it's just, damn. (laughs) But wouldn't it have been great if it had got to the end, like they find out that someone's been kidnapped and it's getting like to the end of the hour and it's going 58, 59. And he goes, ah, and then it stops. They could have at least got away with it that way, couldn't they? You should have yeah. done it on the very last episode of the series. Yeah. Well, they could have done that, and then the very first bit of the next hour, everybody I'm going Kuh. like that's yeah. the last bit of the last bit of the. the way Fox could have got around the swearing. Perfect, yeah. isn't it? Like every single level, ball, and then the yeah. next one, ox. <laughs> See, done I am tempted to. I know, but it's a lot of investment to watch them again. But they are on Disney Plus, aren't they? They are. So. They are on Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how well they'd hold out though because with technology of today you know if it's great of... if it's great story writing it doesn't oh absolutely matter, does it? if you yeah. think about the movies that weren't set of today and you still have the love of it it's just 
yeah, we'll need, yeah. it'll be interesting to go back because it's been a while. Yeah, it might be worth having a little look, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that was pre 9 11 as well, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Uh, what years was it? I think it, it probably started was in 2001. Just, yeah, 2001. Oh, I think been... it was just before. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, my number six is Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, that's Enthusiasm. my number four. Oh, is it? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it through the eyes of somebody that you think is a complete prick. And again, he can say what he wants. He sort of does what he wants. He normally gets his comeuppance pretty much, but it's just a lot of fun to watch him going through his life. It is, Um, and especially when he has his rants. Sometimes you're with him on the rants that he has. Sometimes you're not, though. No, quite often you're not. Quite often you're not. And you're, you're willing for him to get his comeuppance on a lot mm. of the times i think especially in the later episodes the later series he seems to be a lot more in the wrong yeah i don't know if, yeah. if, if i'm reading that right no but. no it certainly is he, he certainly you actually wait for him to get his comeuppance in the later series if yeah that makes sense rather than before you know if you go right back to like series one the beloved aunt episode yeah I just think it's comedy genius, and you actually feel for him a bit. Yeah, because a lot of the times in the in the early series, it wasn't his fault. No, like you know, you like know, the, the pants tent and, and, the, and yeah. the stuff like that was it's not his fault. And if it's he just not. sat the person down and explained it to him them calmly, mm. they go, "Oh, right, okay, I understand." And then, but it always seems to like get worse and worse and worse which is the sign of good comedy isn't it it's what, it you, is. what's what you want you want it to get more and more ridiculous and i know we both me and you are the same fan as the uncomfortable comedy i find yeah. that can be really really funny yeah. especially when you got people that watch it with you and they sit and go yeah i don't get this yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, i'm roaring <laughs> yeah exactly even funnier. Well, have you, you never seen this thing never seen it and i do like uncomfortable right. comedy and i know of it and everyone says it's amazing but yeah I just haven't ever sat down and watched it for whatever reason. Oh, I love them. Uh, I've got them. I've got the whole, all of them on box set up there. And yeah, I love it to pieces. It's something it's, I can it, go back to and watch. Yeah. Same as the thick of it, because I forgot that one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Shame on you on that, though, Neil. I know. Well, Pav, it's only like the life of Brian one, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it, um, it happens. Indeed. But yes, I'd highly recommend if you've never seen it, he really is a comedic, comedic anti-hero. Yeah. He really is. I mean, it's the epitome of what we were talking about, really. Indeed. Uh, right then, Stig, your number five, please. Uh, number five is Saul Goodman slash Jimmy McGill from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Bad yeah. yeah. So the reason I picked Saul Goodman is and people might disagree with me on this one, is I see Saul as an anti-hero in that world. I don't see Walter White as one. I see Walter White as a pure villain. And the reason is this: it, it's black and white for me that Jimmy is a man that you can get behind despite being a bit slippery, a con man. Uh, he's always kind of trying to take the shortcut, but he's sympathetic as well, and he's lovable at times. Uh, he clearly shows that he cares for people. You can see how much he loves his brother and, and Kim, even despite the fact that his brother is an absolute bastard to him, he still loves him and it's what drives him to be who he is. Um, but yeah, he's a rogue, but with a capacity for empathy. And I find that endearing. And plus, like, there's a lot of humour in some of the stuff that he does. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, he is 
a bit of a slimy character. Mm-hmm. If if you hadn't if there hadn't have been Better Call Saul, would you still have that same? If you just saw what no. he's like in Breaking Bad, because no. in Breaking Bad he just seems to be a slimy uh, yeah. lawyer. It's Better Call Saul that's completely changed me on how I view him. Right. But I'm, okay. I'm might be in the minority again, but I I think Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad. I need to watch it. I I've not I've not seen all of it because it's, no. it's finished now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a bit of a tough go for the first couple of series because it's coming off Breaking Bad and you expect it to be like Breaking Bad mm. and it isn't. It's very much a bit of a lawyer show with him and his brother and this courtroom stuff in there. But as characters from Breaking Bad, like Gus Fring and Mike and that start to appear in it, you then start to get into that world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's some amazing characters in it that were never in Breaking Bad. So it's definitely, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I need I, I need to. I've, I've watched the first, I think I watched the first, how many series is there? Six, isn't it? Six, yeah. Yeah, I've watched the first three. I need to get get back into it. I must admit, because I did enjoy it, and and I love Breaking Bad. So mm. I, mean, I love Breaking Bad as well, but I just think this just tops it. Just, okay. and I think that's mainly down to Bob Odenkirk and yeah, yeah, and Sol. Yeah, mm. great one, great one. Go on, then, Neil. You're number five. Well, speaking of Breaking Bad, I have put Walter White at number five. Well, he's my number three. So we're both going to disagree with him. He is the one that I thought had the arc of the anti-hero. You know, he started as the uh, uh, everyday teacher. Uh, Circumstances, I mean, I'm not going to sit and list at all what happens, but circumstances turned him into the the anti-hero, isn't it? You know, especially from the first series the things that he's having to do and you can see with pure uncomfortableness in it you know we all remember the scene with the bathtub and all of that it's just that to me was the what you know he was the first person i thought of when i when i was asked this question you know your top 10 anti-heroes and white Walter white was my first one i thought well he is an anti-hero isn't he especially all of his character arc throughout the whole series of what he does what he gets to and how it goes through it becomes that, you know, especially the Heisenberg thing, you know, the split personality almost of what they are. Yeah, I just, it is what it, you know, it is what it says on the tin to me. Well, that was the, that was the thing about him. He started off with such good intentions that all mm. he wanted was to be able to, he found a way and he found, he had the, not power is not the right word, he had the intellect to be able to make this thing that was going to make enough money that when he died, would sort out his wife and his child or um, mm. his wife and children, if you like. But the trouble is, once he got into that, he started getting seduced by the dark side, if you like. He started getting mm. seduced by this power and this other person that he became where he didn't have to be Walter White anymore. He was Heisenberg and he he mm. had all the power and he was the one who knocked and he fell in love with that. And I remember that that very last episode when... Um, he's there with Skylar, isn't it? Skylar is his wife's name. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And she says, oh, don't you start making excuses. And he's going, I'm not. He said, no, I loved it. I loved every minute of, of being Eisenberg. Mm. You know, and he he got seduced completely by it. So it, it was that anti-hero journey, but it's more the other way around where you turn from good to bad as opposed to mm. being bad and then redeeming yourself. But well, you say bad, but we still rooted for him. 
You did, well, I think you did to a point. I mean, you did, but then if you thought about it and you thought, right, he's selling meth. <laughs> so, Mind you, isn't that the epitome, of, like we said, of every anti-hero, is their, what their, their scruples are what you're looking at, isn't it? You know. Well, no, because sometimes it's like you want, if you, like Malcolm Tucker, you want to be that person that would go into a room, fire fucks into everybody and not give a shit about what anybody says to you or what they think about you. When you step back of it, the whole Hollywood of it all, I think, is like that. He that Eisenberg is the guy that yeah, he goes in and everybody's scared of him because of the name. Mm. But when you step back and you think actually, all, all he is is a drug dealer, and he mm. is selling meth to kids, people that are going to die, is a shit. You're just, just describing a villain, exactly. You are, and that's why I, I. I we did a an anti-hero one of our show like uh, a year and a half ago or so, but it was like kind of broad scale. And Walter White was brought up and we had this discussion. And yeah, at the time when you're watching it, you do kind of root for him. But when you finish watching it and you kind of reflect on it, he's not a good person. He, he's he, not. He, he could have stopped at any point. He had enough money to stop and see and get the treatment he needed as and and have enough money for his family afterwards. But he just got further and further into it and by doing so just ruined everybody's life. Mm. But that that to me is the Eisenberg part. If you look at it, I will equate it to Star Wars. Walter White is Anakin Skywalker. Eisenberg is Darth Vader. He became that other person. And it's only like right at the end that he... But would you class Darth Vader as, a, as an anti-hero? See, now it depends which which Darth Vader you're talking about. The one who blows up planets. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, well, but blows the up planets. <laughs> but the like Ark again, selling you know? Matt, selling the Ark is there, and he does he does have a redemption right at the end. But mm. I think just on the whole, I just think from the beginning, Walt White is a bell end. He's he always looked down at everyone and looked down at Jesse and and everyone else. And yeah, I just I I did think about him, but I just kind of reflected on it and thought. Actually, he's more of a villain. He's too far into villainy for me to to put him there. But I understand like, why like people seem to be with, with the other anti-heroes we've had, though, Jack Bauer being questionable as, as that as well. The things that he does to get the good. He does, know, but I mean, he's, he's doing it to stop a nuclear bomb blowing a city up. Yeah. yeah. I would say, I would <laughs> say that Walter White's original intentions were good. Yeah. Even though the, the, the reason for it and or the, the actual doing of it made him end up becoming a different person. Walter White, I would say, is an anti-hero. Eisenberg is the character that is the villain, if you like. Yeah, that's fair. And he does does kind of redeem himself a little bit at the end. He is more like Walter White, because he's pathetic at the start of the the series, Mm. right at the end of the series when it looks like, and he knows that he's on a suicide mission. He's pathetic then. But he does try and sort of tie all the loose ends up, try and protect his wife and you know, all that kind of stuff. And he knows what the end is going to be, I think. So I, th- I, I think that's my sort of rationale to it is that Walter White is the TV is the anti-hero and Eisenberg is the villain. So yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Thank you very much, Stig. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just think there's, you could look at it both ways. You can, you can right. absolutely can, but I think you can for a lot of the people on the list. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, there is that. definitely 
at least one more coming up on mine that you could do. Yeah. I mean, Jax as well as another one, Sons of Anarchy. I mean, yeah. he is a lawbreaker and a murderer. Yeah, and you know, he sells guns, arms exactly. to the exactly. IRA yeah. and all sorts, isn't he? Yeah. So. yeah. Um, okay, my number five was Tyrion Lannister. So back to you, Stig, for your number four. Uh, number four is Homer Simpson. <laughs> I didn't really? right, here we go. We will have another little conversation about this then. Okay, why is he a anti-hero? Because he puts himself first in nearly all instances over his families, friends and strangers. He's constantly throwing fits about everything. He gets into shouting matches. He revels in the misery of Flanders. <laughs> However, despite all that, there's been so many times where it's actually shown him as a loving husband, a father and friend, where he's chosen to do the right thing over personal gains as well. Like those first 10 seasons of The Simpsons, I think get Homer so right. I, now he's just an idiot. If you ever watch any new stuff, I think he's just yeah. he's just shown as being a stupid buffoon. But there's more nuance and real heart behind the character in those, like specifically those first 10 series. He is a jerk and he is awful to people, but there is love there. There's plenty of times where you see him be a good person. I always thought Homer, he, like you said, was an idiot, but his heart was always in the right place. To me, I mean, not so much probably like you made out in the later series because they've become he's become more of a jackass. Still funny, but he's just a jackass, isn't it? You know, and people compare like Peter Griffin to Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson's got a lot more heart to me than Peter Griffin will ever have. Oh yeah, definitely. But I, yeah, I just think that he's he is very selfish. Mm. and loud and wants to be kind of the centre of attention. Uh, I think they just, there are episodes where he's a dick and there's episodes where he's like a a loving person. I think it just kind of blends well together. My God, selfish, loud and a dick. I'm glad I'm not on TV. I'd be on someone's (laughs) top 10 if that was the case. (laughs) Um, I, I mean, look, Somebody else didn't put him in the honourable mentions. And I, when I saw that, I thought, well, oh, really? Because I always thought, a bit like Neil, hmm. you know, he's a churchgoer, he loves his family. When even he gets into certain situations with Larlene, when he said, oh, we're going to have sex now, aren't we? And he stops himself because of, of Marge. When he hears the hoover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether I could see I him. suppose you could but put it, it in there, isn't it? It does because do things it, like... The, where he holds the whole court and law up because he wants to have a free night in a hotel and get free yeah. stuff. Like he's, <laughs> he's holding everything up because he's personally, he mm. wants to have this free stuff. Yeah. But he does yeah. do little things like that as well. No, he does. He does. You, you are right. You but are is right. that intentional? I mean, is it just that his, mem- his mind is always wandering? Think about when he goes back to um, college or uni and he's... Um, sat there and suddenly you just didn't go oh squirrel and then all you see him is running around the tree <laughs> is that just not sort of it's the distraction rather than the... i don't know it's an interesting choice it's an interesting i, yeah, I can understand that. it i really can yeah I can understand yeah it. Mm, controversial stig well done uh okay neil for number four you said larry david i did uh for me number four is another british comedy legend it's basil faulty yeah <laughs> Um, another one, really, mainly because of the way he acts and treats people. He always thinks he's better than everybody else. Again, he thinks he's the smartest person in the room, when he's definitely not the smartest person in the room. Uh, he likes to bully people. But you also know just what a henpecked 
husband he is. Mm. And, you know, I'm not being disrespectful, but every husband knows what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> no one here is going to say anything by the sounds of it. So I, I got, well, like, the know, I'm it's been die a while off. since I was a husband, <laughs> so I've forgotten, you know. But it's, I think it's one of those, again, it's a, it's a British comedy staple of having this, uh, somebody who thinks he's of a class that he, you know, he is better than everybody else. Um, has little, I mean, again, the way he treats his guest, his guests, sometimes you're in those moods where you just want to talk to people like that. You just want to treat people like that and have no comeback on it. But he never seems to win. Even when he thinks he's going to win, he doesn't win. Even you know, whether it's putting money on a horse, you know, he's, he's for, for one minute, he's like 10 pounds up on the deal and something happens. And he, he, I don't think there's ever an episode where he actually wins at the end. A faulty no, I don't think there is, is there? Of the 12 episodes, I don't think there's ever one where it actually works out well for him. So, you know, I wanted I wanted him in my top 10. Uh, okay, so that was my number four. Stig, your number three, please. All right, this is going to be an odd one. But this is just for me personally, and because I grew up around it and watching it. My number three is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. <laughs> I had to suddenly think. Hang on, Steve Austin. I was not, he's not the six million dollar man. No, no I suddenly realised the wrestler. Pro wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, okay, because this is TV technically. It's you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, because he's just fantastic. He did bad guy things, but everybody loved him for it because of who he was doing it to. And his biggest rivalry within his time in wrestling was Vince McMahon, his boss. Right. And he got to beat up and chase his boss around. And it's basically living everyone's dream. <laughs> <laughs> so he got to be the anti-authority person, and but he did it by doing things that were very illegal. Uh, in any, if this happened outside of the world of wrestling, he'd be in jail, probably a lifetime in jail for the stuff he did. Uh, the property destroyed, home invasion, uh, pulling a gun out on Vince McMahon, even though it was a prop gun, didn't know at the time. Um, he filled Vince's car with concrete and like it's all the stuff they did as well. They actually <laughs> filled a Corvette full of concrete and let it just tipple over. He blew uh, his rival's bus up. Uh, he wrecked a shop beating people up. And it was just so much fun watching somebody be such a hellraiser. Yeah. And doing all these things that, us as regular people we can't get away with doing this but because it's in the world of pro wrestling they can get away with it and it's fun to watch mm. and he was just a badass really watching it so so was he the biggest baddie wrestler of, of them all then he's a goodie oh, he was a goodie. goodie yeah like he oh. that's the point he he was a what is known as a baby face a good guy in wrestling right that he did baddie things but because of who he was doing it to everyone loved him Right, okay. Like they did turn him into a bad guy at one point and everyone hated it. Oh, right. But yeah, to me, he's like one of my favourites of all time. Um, and yeah, he just, he just, you don't get like a crowd pop like you get with Steve Austin because everybody loved him. Right. Despite the fact that he was a absolute bastard. <laughs> <laughs> We've said it before. I think we're, we're a different generation when yeah. it comes to wrestling because that was like 90s, wasn't it? I yeah. The, when the, the height of like WWE and... I mean, I, I still watch now, to be honest. I've been watching since like 1990. 
Right, right. I had a little bit of a period where I went off it, but now there's stuff again that's actually really good. We were so, the wrong generation, pal. I think we would probably would have loved it if it was around when we were younger, but oh, it was our, like our yeah. wrestling was a lot different. The wrestling that we yeah, it was a lot different. Yeah, talk yeah. of the playground when I was uh, when it was uh, in the ni- late nineties. So. I mean, we could have been wrestlers in the area yeah. that we were watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, yeah like, well, easily. easily. Just easily. a leotard when we were well away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had to throw him in there. He's just one of my favourite TV no. characters. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'll that's say a great choice. I have no idea, but a great choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Neil, you had Billy Butcher from the I boys. I did, you cunt. Three. <laughs> three. I had Walter White, uh, Breaking Bad at number three. So, Stig, we're back to you for your number two, please. Okay, my number one and two flipped a lot this week. Okay. But I've finally settled on it. My number two is Tony Soprano. Right. Okay. So uh, Tony, he could be seen as the villain. He does a lot of villainous things. Um, But I think what makes him an anti-hero is, unlike a lot of other mob bosses you see in media, we are shown how vulnerable he is from the get-go. He's riddled with anxiety and issues and the fact that he's going to a therapist when, you know, in a mob boss shouldn't go to a therapist, shouldn't be seen to be weak and have issues. But there's a lot of complex issues with him. And I think that's what kind of makes him more of an anti-hero is that you can actually get behind him because he's got all these issues. He's not just a horrible guy at the top who's ordering mm. everyone to be killed. I mean, he does do those things. Yeah. And he can be horrible at times, but I think that because you're let into, sounds a bit corny, but let into his soul a bit more than you do with a lot of these kind of characters, that mm-hmm. that's where the anti-hero side comes into it. Yeah, I have to say, I've never watched The Sopranos, yet I knew this would be high on someone's list whether it's yours mm, or yeah. or Neil. i've never finished the series yeah oh, so no. i it's, i just knew it's my favorite series ever and so there's i mean i don't think there's anybody i've ever met that has said to me if i said have you seen the sopranos nobody's ever gone oh, shit they've always either <laughs> said i've never seen it or it's the greatest tv show i've ever seen so I I need to again. It's that thing. I think there are twenty four episodes in a series, mm. and then there's eight series, ten series, maybe. So I think it wasn't the last series seven or eight, something like that. Yeah, the yeah. last series had only about twelve episodes in, didn't it? I think because I think our missus had all these on on DVD or blue or or DVD, yeah, Blu Ray or whatever, and she was a massive fan of it. But it's a bit like The Wire, isn't it? In the sense that's another one. That's exactly, another one. that everybody raves about. Yeah, but you never hear anybody say it was shit. No. No. So, oh, so I'm surprised, Neil, because I must admit I thought that would have been your number one or number two. Yeah, well, I was. Uh, the reason I couldn't is because I've never uh, yeah. finished all well, the series. You know, when, when you were both quiet, I yeah. thought, oh, maybe this is their number one and I could have. <laughs> yeah. If I put it number um, one, we'd have a triple number one, but that's not. Notes. for want of trying, like Pav said, <laughs> the amount of episodes that you have to get through, it's. it's... Yeah, it's still it's still being watched, shall we say? But I, I maybe haven't gone back to it. it for a it's couple. really funny going back and watching though, because it started in like '99. The first thing that they do is like steal a truck of DVDs, and they're like uh, DVD players, and they're like, "Look at this new high tech like equipment, DVD <laughs> players, and, and these huge TVs." Still, it's, it's yeah, quite funny watching yeah. it back. <laughs> I've said it a million times, I can't wait till we get the Matrix moment where we can just get a chip, put it in the back of our head, and then we've seen everything that we want to see. And it just didn't like, just download it to our brain. It'd be fantastic. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number two. 
So it's another cartoon character, and it's Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. I think this is one of the finest new animations out. Bloody hilarious. But anyway, so we've got old grandpa Rick takes his grandson um, Morty and treats him like complete and utter shite. He uh, takes him to places where he's having sex with aliens. He's doing things that are totally, totally questionable in front of this child. <laughs> oh, geez. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it is, you You still root for him to come back and, you know, fix the problem of whatever's going on. And I just think he's so funny, the things he comes out with, the swear words, you know. Um, and Rick and Moore is also one of these very funny shows that if you listen to the conversation that the other characters are having in the background, it's shocking what they're saying. They're really out there to put things, you know, the cat amongst the pigeons. But yeah, Rick Sanchez to me, he's a, he's a complete vile person. <laughs> but yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to get back into watching that because I watched the first series and again thought it was brilliant. But there's just like no time to watch all of yeah, this stuff. Yeah, well, at least these are only like twenty minutes long. You can watch them in your lunch break. And yeah, and I have to say, I found the new series they include all the swearing. They, they don't bleep it like they did in the original series. And I actually think it's funnier when they were bleeping it. You know exactly what they're saying. You don't need to hear it. Just right. made it funny. If, if yeah. that makes does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I, I get that because that's like what South Park used to be like. They yeah. Used to bleep the swearing in South Park, and now they don't. And yeah, it, it I always found it funnier that they would bleep it out because yeah, like you said, we know exactly. we know it. So why are you bleeping it out? It's <laughs> mm. but still, yeah. But Rick Sanchez, legend. Okay, especially uh, Pickle Rick. Oh, Pickle Rick! <laughs> I love Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. I wonder if I still got that on my. Oh, my thing. I used to have that on the... Uh... Yeah. I was actually bought a um, a plush Pickle Rick that's about two foot high <laughs> and wide. And, yeah, from one angle, it looks like something completely different. But I'm Pickle is... Rick! <laughs> i still got it. <laughs> still probably one of the greatest animated episodes ever. Oh, dear. Okay, my number two was Malcolm Tucker. So before we reveal our number ones, uh, Stig, you want to give us a countdown from number 10 to number two, then Neil will do it and then I'll do it. Yep. So number 10, Ragnar Lothbrok. Number nine, Blackadder. Eight, Malcolm Tucker. Seven was Billy Butcher. Six, Jack Bauer. Five was Saul Goodman. Four was Homer Simpson. Number three, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And number two, Tony Soprano. Wonderful. Neil? So Spike from Buffy, not Tom and Jerry. Uh, number nine, Jax Teller. Number eight was Tyrion Lannister. Number seven, Loki. Number six, Jack Bauer. Number five, uh, Walter White. Number four, Larry David. Number three, Billy Butcher. And number two, Rick Sanchez. Wonderful. Mine was number 10, Edmund Blackander. Under? Under? Number nine, David Brent. Eight was Loki. Seven, Dwight Schrute. Six, Larry David. Five, Tyrion Lannister. Four, Basil Fawlty. Three, Walter White. And two, Malcolm Tucker. So, Stig, what is your number one TV anti-hero? My number one is Omar Little from The Wire. There you go. Yep. They are the non-cussing man. Yes. So what makes him such a good anti-hero is he is a shotgun-toting, whistling, stick-up man. 
and he just caused havoc to the gangs of Baltimore in the wire. Um, he's like the ultimate anti-hero, in my opinion. He's a man who, despite committing crimes himself, has conviction. He was a sensitive person. He cared for, cared for his grandma and uh, he lived by sticking to a code. So whilst all the other criminals are out there not kind of caring about the streets, not caring about people, selling drugs, uh, gunning people down, ruining lives, he made sure that no civilian got hurt. Uh, he only targeted the bad people. And um, to the point where every time he appeared on the street whistling, you would have people running away and he had his own calling card. People would shout, Omar, come in. And they knew if you hear Omar come in, get inside, get get away because shit's about to go down. Like if something, if if the gangs were causing shit and Omar heard about it and thought, I need to do something about it, he'd go and do it. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a slight slot, slight spoiler for the show, but it also broke new ground because um, Omar was a homosexual character in the show. Uh-huh. And it was a, a character in a show that was rooted in like toxic masculinity, like, you know, street gang culture. And he had everything about him that you wanted to root for, but also while gunning people down. Okay. So you're saying it's a little bit like a like the gunslinger going into like in the cowboy times, going into a yeah. time when everybody just they know that that's what it happen. was. That's, that's what it was, and that's kind of what the whistling was about. Right, kind of walked down the street, shotgun was on full display, and whistling because it was I'm coming. Right, get out the way. Yeah, wow, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's absolutely a- brilliant. Let's see more TV we have to watch. Just don't know how we're going to do it. This if only there could be another lockdown, then that'd be great. If you can have like 15 weeks off again, we could, just watch all <laughs> we, the we could still be like in Beijing or something that's like in their 900 and something day of lockdown. We could, could do, could do. Yeah, do be careful, careful what you wish for. Isn't it? Go on, then, Neil, your number one TV anti hero. Now, I'll put a little bit about on this. I reckon I've got the same number one as you, Pav. Oh, do you reckon? I, I reckon wonder. Go on, the then. The Mandalorian. Oh, it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my new favourite show. Uh, it's a fantastic TV show. Dinjarin himself. It is. Um, I mean, he, he's basically a hired killer, aren't they? They, they are. Um, you see the arc brilliantly in this when he gets the child. And you see a touch of humanity come about him, and this it's the is the wolf where, and the cub, isn't it? That's what. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's that arc that it's just—it's almost a beautiful thing in this show to me. You know, the introduction of the child, and then through all of the episodes, is—it's just this arc of of change, of seeing somebody do the right thing for a change, um, and this encapsulates that fantastically um i don't know whether you agree with that well he gives up he gives up everything for the for the child he gives up his creed he gives up his his way of life because he takes his mask off Mm. which he's never supposed to do so the the moment when again spoilers if you've not seen it when luke skywalker comes and takes the child away to train him Mm. or her i suppose you don't know whether it's a him or her um he takes his mask off so that he can to, to quote Return of the Jedi, look at him with his own eyes. Yeah. And he's not supposed to do it. And because he does that, he's no longer a Mandalorian. He's no longer part of that creed. So he gives up everything for for the child. But it is a beautiful thing. It is. From somebody really that, is. that is just there for the money. That's all he wants. He wants mm. that. So he, you know, he turns his back on 
his way of life and everything and it's just him and him and the kids so yeah i think just as a Mandal- i mean oh god i've said it a million times the actual production design of the mandalorian that character is fantastic i'm surrounded by him in this room yeah it's something surrounded to behold, by isn't it it's, it's everything a- about him got his helmet up there and everything so it is and fantastic. Be as excited for the third series now. It's just, Absolutely, as long as, it's as strong as the other two. We're in for a, Absolutely. a glorious time. Are you a fan of this? Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. loved it. Um, it's just telling that, like the like the Boba Fett show, the best two episodes were the ones that had him. In. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree with everything you said about his journey from where he starts to where he is now. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, kind of just thinking maybe I should have put him on my list. Well, too late now, mate. Yeah, too late. <laughs> uh, we had a few uh, honourable mentions. Um, at Rodders J04 said, Tony Soprano, this film-loving Gabagool enthusiast. Uh, at And Why Not Pod said, Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm. All four main characters in Seinfeld. Dr. Gregory House, Red Foreman from that 70s show, Stephen Toast. From Toast oh, of London. Forgot about that. Uh, yeah, the Devil, as played by Ray Wise in Reaper. Homer Simpson from The Simpsons. Jackie Rohr, City on the Hill. Patty Hughes, Damages, and Edward Fitz Fitzgerald from Cracker. Uh, that is ten in no particular order. Uh, at Johnny Revachol, uh, seconding Brent, also Blackadder. At Gadget the DM, the you know it's got to be Billy Butcher. Uh, Janae Valdez said the Joker and Catwoman now I'm a little bit would you class the Joker as an anti-hero not in TV not in TV he's a villain villain, isn't he yeah Yeah, I would say the TV series there's no he doesn't do any redeeming good I mean if you think about the TV series well I suppose he animated I don't know well enough controversial controversial that one Uh, at Oodles O.D. Im. It, that's our host of our, ah, our, there you our go. podcast. Wolf from Gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him post that. I was like, that's brilliant. That was end of a clip. That was end of a clip. He was a villain. I've no, never seen people anybody love powder, cheering him on. Yeah, I've never seen anybody powder their hands with so much aggression <laughs> as on that uh, <laughs> uh, on that gift there. Yeah, uh, I always least, remember I, I did admire him a lot more when he pushed John Fashion over. Yeah, yeah. People loved uh, it. He people loved him the same where I loved Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's the, right. bad, he's the bad boy. He was the like panoramic going, villain of the yeah. piece, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. Uh, Lisa Buchanan. Hello, Lisa. Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal Lecter. Peek into the depths of my soul, she says. Kim Mendes, Fiona Gallagher from Shameless, and Nancy Botwin from Weeds. And Chris Wellenger said Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So thank you very much, everybody, for your uh, honourable mentions. That's it. We've done it. So, um, Stig, what have you got coming up uh, on well, Modern Escapism? Um, if you well, you can if you head to our website, it's modernescapism.co.uk. Everything's on there um, for for all three podcasts. Uh, as we record record this this weekend, we're actually meeting up in person. Wow! So this is the second time we'll have all met together, and, and that's done. so 2018. That yeah. is, isn't it? I mean, it is. Well, I mean, we are a <laughs> pandemic podcast, so we started in the pandemic. Ah, so good. We, we, as soon as we could do a meetup when it was allowed, we we did it. Unfortunately, Oodles got COVID, so he couldn't couldn't come to that one. But fingers crossed that in the next two days, nothing happens to us all, and we'll all be uh, getting drunk and recording some podcasts from Friday nice. to Saturday. 
Brilliant. Excellent. Well, we'll put the we'll put the website and a link to the podcast in the show notes. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us, mate. No, that was thank lots you for of fun having me on. You'll have to come back for the movie anti-heroes, I think. You have to, you have to do the two, Fred, don't you? You have to do yeah, yeah. You got to do the other. part one and part two, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, go on then, Neil. Tell everybody how they can get in touch and all that gubbins. <clears throat> okay, so if you want to tell us uh, or ask us any questions, email us at top10pods at hotmail.com. You could even give us ideas for lists yourselves. You can find us on all the social medias at top10pods. Do give us a click, give us a like, or whatever it is you do. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods. There's all sorts of rewards where you could even be a guest yourself. Check out all of our links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please do come, subscribe, click, leave us a review, a rating, wherever you get your podcast from. Wonderful. And also remember the video playlist that will go with this episode will be on our Patreon as well. Uh, thank you once again, Stig, for joining us. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Stig. Thank you, Pav. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. And let's go start the countdown. 10, 